Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary. Featuring Dave A.C. Sigfuckter and Al Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Coltum Collective Commentaries. Yes, we promised you we'd be back, and we are. <laughs> See, we make good on our promises. Uh, Dave, d- would you quit wrapping me up in bandages? It's getting annoying. <laughs> well, uh, I could do it myself. I- I'm not feeling too well. I'm feeling a little like an animated human cadaver. <laughs> uh, and who's... Who's that staring in that gem over there? Oh, it's 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 Mike. Hey, Mike, did you look over here for a minute? <laughs> no, I'm too busy with this radioscope device. There's a lot of smoke emanating from it. Ah, uh, yes, that's that's enough puns for for one evening. I think I think we'll retire to the study. <laughs> um, but yes, we're off on our journey through the pyramids of Mars. Uh, somebody's brought a torch along, um, and uh, we're about to descend into part three. So. Um, if you guys are ready, um, I'll count everybody at home in, and uh, we'll begin. Ready to go, guys? Oh, yeah, as you, direct, as you direct, so shall it be. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, and if you're ready at home with your official BBC copies of Doctor Who, Pyramids of Mars, Part 3, we shall begin in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, play. Sorry. <laughs> it's such a catchy tune. This first episode this episode was shown uh, uh 1970 November was it November eighth? Nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, November eighth. Yeah. Like nineteen seventy-five I was let's see. Three <laughs> uh, well just a week prior to this on the first of November. Uh, on the 1st of November uh, was when I got engaged to get married. There you go. Hang on. It's intact again. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Avoid being sorry now. Look at that hair, would you? Look at that hair. It's got a life of its own. I just love that that. hair. (laughs) Stealing my lines again. (laughs) He's a bit grabby, isn't he? Yeah. Was, he, he, later on, he grabs Ace. Oh, sorry, wrong story. <laughs> Notice in that scene that the doctor left his hat behind. Yeah. It's important because we see him walking around outside soon, and he's wearing his hat, his even hat. though he left it behind. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Sutek is thinking, uh, can you adjust the camera a bit? Can you raise it up a bit? <laughs> a little more. Can you little more, a, bit, more. a bit more focus? God, the feng shui in this room is all off. <laughs> oh, wait, someone did. <laughs> I told you that as well. You see, he left the hat behind, but yet he's wearing it. Well, he went back and got it, you see, while while uh, Scarman was having his chat with Sutek. <laughs> Pardon <laughs> the me. The doctor's like, oh, wait, hang on a sec. I'll go back and get my hat. 
<laughs> Can't leave that behind. Apparently this this whole courtyard is like really small. Um and it's just the camera angles that, that, that make this whole courtyard look a lot bigger than it is. I mean, and I'm assuming they're probably like, they could probably spit on it from right where they're standing. Well, I was just thinking, actually, that entrance arch there reminded me of a scene from uh, the the recent movie on Pride and Prejudice, um, which uh, they have a very similar entrance to that when you see the people coming to it. So I, I've got a feeling this place has been used for lots of location work. Harrow boys, those are. Harrow boys, they're in Harrow outfits. <laughs> Ooh, you should do a Kickstarter on that. <laughs> Sell like hotcakes. Yeah, definitely dogs on the mantelpiece. Gosh, she looks lovely there. Mm. So, cow or dog? The dogs. They're those, like, Charles Spaniels. No, it'd be easier if you got cows for that mental piece. Sorry. But yes. of course. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why you listen to our commentaries. <laughs> for the important details. Cows or dogs? Cows or dogs? See, there's cows. Yeah, on the pictures, yeah. Yeah, see, I told you there were cows there. <clears throat> uh, well played. Sound effects. <laughs> is 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 the? Oh, I see. He's banging it against the wall. I thought that was the <laughs> stick beeping. I was like, "Hey, that's pretty good." A beeping stick. Science fiction. What will they think of next? Thank you for that, Mike. Next, we'll have balloons within balloons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the the main difference between this and and uh, and uh, Griefer's script was uh, it got rid of like most of the characters in the setting, so yeah, <laughs> they kind of overhauled the entire script. It was like a page one rewrite by whoever wrote this. <laughs> Oh, getting a bit of feedback. Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you will twice a day. <laughs> Oh, she's delicious. Yeah. He's playing video games while they're waiting. <laughs> Fantastic graphics. Yeah. It's actually, uh, if, if, if you guys have the chance to, uh, on your DVD when you're done watching this, is to, to watch, um, I think the extra's called Oh Mummy. Um, and it's and it's this chat with Sutek about being cast in this, in, 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 in this show. It's really quite funny, actually. The bits in it. Somebody put their thermos of coffee in there. 
I mean, uh, I think it as well. I mean, this story went down uh, a great, very well in 1975 because it it's only what less than three years since the the very big uh, Treasure of Tutankhamun exhibition that was on in uh, London. I think that was in March March 72. Mm. Oh, he's got a marvelous voice. Oh yeah. Gabriel Wolf, who actually uh, helped out with the the the, the whole little uh, oh mummy bit that they did for the DVD, um, which really wouldn't have worked if he hadn't have done the voice for it. So it shows he's got a lovely sense of humor as well. But uh, of course, um, he's still uh, active. Um, did uh, some uh, voice work on uh, Wizards vs Aliens, of course, uh, Russell T Davies. Uh, new show um, in the episode Stones and he was the voice of the Stones oh sorry actually full of uh, full of the Necros mm. and he was the Stones in, in there yeah and of course uh, we last saw him in Doctor Who uh, in the Impossible Planet and Satan Pit ah um, uh, the two party yeah yep, he played the voice of the Beast and it's about time we had a time check. We're at 8 minutes and 56 seconds. There you go. Uh, but, I mean, he, I mean, he's had uh, uh, plenty of uh, on-screen roles as well, but his he, he does admit to, to, to being uh, rather partial to just, you know, doing the voice stuff. You know, it's what, he's, it's what he loves. So, uh, But, of course, he was in... Uh, a TV series back in 1961 called Rob Roy. Uh, Emergency Ward 10, 1961. Dial M for Murder, a TV series. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Is that... Um... Is that the uh, the fifth Doctor's companion? Oh, what, chameleon? Uh, They're building chameleons. Chameleon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the origins of chameleon. Hang on, catch this, catch this. <laughs> Way to go, Sarah Jane. <laughs> Just toss the gel ignite. <laughs> Nobody sneezed then. You know what, Doctor, in one day you might find a companion who is actually familiar with that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, you know that Nitro Nine you haven't got in your pocket? Always lets me thermos. Yep. Damn, somebody drank all my coffee. <laughs> oh, drink, yes. <laughs> I am drinking uh, Plan de Jour. It's a uh, Cote de Rhone. Villages French blended uh, wine 2012. Uh, very nice indeed. <clears throat> I said, I'm drinking the uh, Blue Moon Caramel Apple Spiced Ale from the Blue wow. Moon Brewing Company. Uh, it's a limited edition. They all they bring this stuff out uh, around uh, when we're heading into fall. And they come up with a, a nice fall box that's got a, all sorts of different. Uh, it is convenient. Uh, all sorts of uh, fall and autumn type ales and stuff. I uh, earlier had uh, uh, short straw farmhouse red ale from uh, from Blue Moon, so it was quite tasty. Actually, on the sweet side, this is um, even though it sounds like it's sweet caramel apple spiced ale, it's not particularly sweet, but it's got some of the nice flavors in there. Meanwhile, I have Jeff's, the Seventh Doctor's usual choice on milk. trivia. Milk. milk. And the brothers finally meet. Hey. A school together. Two little boys had two little. Oh, sorry. Till I got this terrible eye infection. 
Mesmeric, I like it. Yeah. I'm a tuba! Sorry. <laughs> Look what you did. Well, yeah. I was breaking my toys when you were a little kid as well. <laughs> Way to go. You're hugging me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Your hands, they're really cold. Sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not really sorry. I've just run yeah, out that, of cast members that, to talk that, about. That scene through that gate definitely looks very similar to one on the uh, Pride and Prejudice. Oh, don't trip over your scarf with that law. No. Nope. <laughs> it's not really a tie, that is it? Because he had a tie. It's more like a an extra cravat or something there. Yeah. Tie-like thing. Yes. Tie-like thing. Meanwhile, in Paris, outside the uh, the art exhibition, <laughs> you ever seen that pyramid outside the French? Um, it's, I think it's the culture centre, isn't it, or the art centre? The Louvre. The Louvre. Yeah. Yeah, I was on the Louvre like earlier. <laughs> He's off his rocker, where he will be in a minute. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's off his rocker. Uh, it's actually we shouldn't because it's pretty good. This is. Oh, and he, it is. Yeah. It's just <laughs> I don't have anything intelligent left to say. <laughs> left to say? <laughs> no. uh, actually, in, in Griefer Street uh, script, the uh, the uh, mummies were actually supposed to be uh, aliens rather than uh, robots. Rather than robots. Five, actually. Six counting Skarmer, actually. Yeah. Nobody remembers Ernie the Poacher. Poor Ernie the Poacher. Mm. Well, I mean, only one person here actually saw him, him get murdered, and he's dead now, too. <laughs> Battering ram, I think it's a battery there. <laughs> Mummy on the left's like, do you have any idea how heavy this is? <laughs> Meanwhile, have... right in, in the background, the TARDIS, which no one notices. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody know where this blue box came from? No. <laughs> Anybody see how phallic that looked? No. Sorry, what? <laughs> Even Marcus just completely ignores the TARDIS. Yep. Mingle with the mummies. <laughs> <laughs> He's not actually in there. Hmm. Well, because studio time's precious, and it would have taken him too long to get in and out of the the, the actual costume. So, right, right. Uh, one of the mummies actually stood in for him um, because he was already costumed, and uh, Tom just delivered the lines from um, just off set. But um, uh, later on, I think it's I think it's when on location, um, he is actually dressed up as a mummy, mummy, um, and uh, some school children had come from the the, ne the school next door to visit the set, and uh, they'd been on the set for a while and uh, had no idea that uh, that Tom was inside the mummy suit until he took the the uh, the, the 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 headpiece off, and we're you know. Really nicely surprised. I think I see something holding that object yeah. off to their left. 
Um, but the, the neat thing about that is that uh, uh, the next day uh, when uh, Tom was uh, released from filming for, for a while, he uh, went next door to the school and uh, said, well, you came to see me while I was at work. So I thought I'd repay the, the, the favor and come visit you while you were at yours. <laughs> so quite nice. It, it's just sort of another one of those things that um, that uh, you know just shows how dedicated he was to this role. Definitely. Uh, that's a bit more careful. Good. <laughs> And then, he, and then the doctor drops it. Oops. <laughs> He's actually in there now. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of tell by the walk and how tall he is. <laughs> yeah, I think they gave uh, some training with firearms for this. Well, um, yeah. But um, a little bit where you actually see a... Fi- well, wait till we get to that point. Apparently the, uh, the, the, the the pyramid only uh, has two sides. It's to help with the easy erection. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm stealing stuff from the infotext. <laughs> now, he, here where she is, um, it's quite enclosed with all the, the, the bricks around it. So um, I believe that when she actually fired it, it, it sounded a hell of a lot louder than when she'd been practicing. Really made a jump. Yeah. Well, uh, later on, she uh, she said she was she thought that um, Sarah Jane shouldn't have been as familiar with firearms, but it was under the insistence of uh, Patty Russell that uh. that Sarah Jane was to fire the gun properly, and and to a certain extent, I can I can kind of understand um, that you know too often you know you give a girl a gun and she holds it you know all. You know, it's one of those TV tropes that a girl can't handle a gun, you know, and so they, they handle it all wrong or they fire the wrong way. And I think, you know, Sarah Jane being the strong character she is, um, and the fact that this is Doctor Who. small and, target you know, when you see it there, yeah, and, as well. And it's just like, why not, you know, why not have her be, you know, I, I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to think that uh, hanging out with Unit, that she would have picked up something from, you know, Sergeant Benton or something, you know. <gasps> it's another explosion. <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> dum dum dum. I'm fairly whipping through this 21 minutes now. Mm. He's smiling an awful lot for somebody who's possessed. It's actually lovely. Uh, I mean, when you think about this, it's it's, it's it's that it's actually a studio set. Um, it is really quite, you know, you'd believe it's in the house, you know. Careful. Watch your step. No, you remove it. 
Tea break. <laughs> Anyone fetch the uh, tapestry? Oh. Cleaners haven't been around for a while. So much for that. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? Oh, damn it! <laughs> That's always the problem with these model shots. If they, if they don't slow it down, the flames are, are burning too fast. More evil green size. light. <laughs> ah, evil green light! <gasps> Cliffhanger! Cliffhanger oh. of the green light. It's actually a pretty good one because it's just like it's just he just sneaks in there. It's like, hello, hi, how? Oh, bugger! <laughs> Made me lose my concentration. Forgot about that for a second there. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Robert Holmes, Christine Roscoe. She did a nice job. It just seems to be five. Yeah, seeing BBC Color, and you know these days it's just like, really, they had to say that. <laughs> yeah, <no>. yeah. <laughs> still a newfangled invention at that point. Alrighty, well, that's part three. Coming up is. A bugger. What's Ooh, next? Uh, what, what, uh, What's uh, next? Uh, the two... Part 20. 20. Oh. That's it. Uh, <laughs> four. Yes, four. So, if you go get yourself a fresh beverage and uh, and uh, maybe take a bathroom break, you could pause this. It's okay, because the video is not on, right? Okay. So, we'll meet you back here about then, all right? I'll be back for then, yeah. <laughs> I should be back. And we're back. And by the magic of uh, audio, I have another beer. <laughs> See, it just seemed like a, a, a moment in time. Just a very brief hiccup in time, and I have another beer. Anyone else? No? Well, if you thought that mine was a bathroom break, it wasn't. I was just pouring out some more wine. <laughs> and I've wandered back into this time-space corridor. Look at all the pretty, pretty colors. <laughs> pretty, pretty. <laughs> I think Dave went all the way to Mars to get his wine. But don't worry, he's back. And so is part four. It's sitting here right in front of us. So be prepared to be counted in. Gentlemen, are you ready? Indeed you do. Ready to go. Right. Here comes the final episode of Pyramids of Mars. It's Doctor Who, part four. In five, four, three, two, one, play. That title sequence once more. Oh, look, it's the TARDIS. Ta-da! <laughs> the light on the top looks a bit odd. Mm. They keep changing that. Yeah. Sort of like my least favorite logo. <laughs> the diamond. Yeah. Where's all the lightning and the thunder in the, in the time vortex? Okay, sorry. No, this is my second least favorite. <laughs> And, of course, we've moved forward in time ourselves to the 15th of November, uh, 1975. There we go. Green light is painful. <laughs> Stay away from it. <laughs> Green light may be hazardous to your health. Are we going to hear the name of the doctor? 
But it's quite frightening. Yeah. Um, it's very, very hot, of course, in that costume. But uh, um, and, and and Gabriel did wonder whether it was any point in being in the costume because you know they could have just added the voice in later. Um, but the the Sutek mask actually did offer some kind of um, resonance uh, and did have an effect on his voice. So um, yeah, it's uh, it did end up helping out. His performance. And time and five. <clears throat> time <Yay>! More <laughs> green light. <laughs> yes, I've now moved on to um, uh, another, of course, in the Blue Moon uh, collection. Rounder. Another. Rounder, yes. This is my third beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. That's not right. This is episode four. You should be on your fourth beer. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, uh, oh, no, you're on wine for the first two. It's called Rounder. It's a uh, Belgian-style pale ale. And there we are. We had the reference earlier that you mentioned. And there, there it was. <laughs> That's the name of Sutok's dog, Neil. <laughs> Neil before Sutek. Uh, base yourself, you groveling insect. Brilliant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, I'm hugging myself. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually supporting herself with her her, her left leg. (laughs) And she used her left leg there to sit down and then fly up the right leg. (laughs) If you rewind, you'll see a a small cushion for her head. (laughs) Speaking of cushions... And speaking of props like that visible, if you go back to the episode where uh, the, the the special effect that we were mentioning of the, the, the backwards masking of the tape, right before the, the poacher shoots Marcus, you can actually see the outline of a steel plate on under his jacket. Mm. Uh, well, in the last episode, when you saw him sitting down there, you could see a coloured sock. One of his feet was sticking out. <laughs> they made sure his, uh, his skirt or whatever touched the ground that time. Mm. You mean Doctor Who had prop problems? <laughs> <laughs> Never. No. What's the Mara doing on his mask? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. You can't curse the Egyptian god. It's what they do. <laughs> Shredded nervous system. It's what's for breakfast. <laughs> now, when we were doing the uh, the ordinary program on Sunday, uh, the about the eighth, we were talking about. Well, I was talking about the key, the TARDIS key, mm-hmm. and that's very similar to the eighth Doctor's key. I should say the eighth Doctor was still using that key before we changed to the sort of idea of the Yale lock. If, if you if you notice some of the stills from the um, from that in the uh, the special, right? It's that definite shape. And ever since the ninth Doctor, it's been more of an ordinary looking key. Yeah. yeah. Which we don't think. I don't think we've seen the TARDIS key that much in the Moffat era. No. Yeah. Well, you just click. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> Click your fingers. Oh, he's got a marvellous voice. Oh, he does. Oh, he's like a Vulcan mind meld. 
I am the master, and you will... Oh, sorry, wrong. That guy. <laughs> I'm hugging myself. Wait, the master's in this story? <laughs> See? See? <laughs> I told you, it's the master. <laughs> when you think of all the master's evil schemes over the years, he's never got the doctor to do that. Nope. <laughs> Look at that face acting there, Ian. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That, that's why I like like we like Jenna Louise Coleman now on the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, got that same ability. Yep. See, look at her. She's still going. You know, yeah. she doesn't stop. It's just this. I mean, it seems an odd thing to say. Oh well, she's still acting. It's like, of course she is. The bloody camera's on. But it's like some some just kind of switch off a bit, you know, when they're not. Yeah. Wait for the prompt. <laughs> prompt. Profidious. Hmm. Lots of big words in this one. <laughs> it means deceitful and untrustworthy, treacherous, traitorous, unfaithful, disloyal. <laughs> you see, you learn things. Remember that for trivia. Isomorphic controls. Um, where did the other mummy go to get dinner? <laughs> I'll be back later. <laughs> Off to get me tea. It's <laughs> actually a nice, uh, yeah. nice shot there, actually, of going, you know, looking out the door. Yeah. <sighs> You're right, because they didn't often do that. No. It's not something that had been done since, I think, like, uh, back in the the earlier episodes. Yeah, because a lot of the uh, the black and white episodes, when they showed the view out of the, through the TARDIS doors, there was just blackness, there was darkness, just because of the, the different sets they used. Now, in a minute, you'll see that shadow in the TARDIS move down. Because the director says, we can still see your shadow. <laughs> there we go. There, there goes. In, in the Get your head down. <laughs> You're supposed to be in a very large space inside there. Here, in a, few, here in a few minutes, you see another another guy standing on set. Very visible, actually. I'll point it out. It's at 12 minutes, 22 seconds. He's standing in the doorway. So we it's that. another set guy. Uh, very visible. So we used to do that in front of them uh, shopping uh, shopping center doors, you know, <laughs> get them to open. No one notices the other mummy is missing. <laughs> I've lost my mummy. <laughs> Have you seen my... Uh, never mind. Both hearts. Yep. A tear, Sarah Jane? She's got lovely hair, too. Yeah. Suddenly the doctor returns. <laughs> and <who's> John Hurt. <laughs> Introducing... <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I said, by the way, for episode three. It was down to 9.4 million after 11.3 million for episode two. But for part four, guys, we're up to 11.7 million. Yay. So, um, the you know, really held up well. So we went from uh, 10.5 million, 11.3, 9.4, and then 11.7 for this. And I think one of the things about this is great. I mean... You know, it is a four-episode story. Uh, if they tried to make it a six-episode story, then it would have dragged somewhat. But oh, here yeah. it's been 
Well, they've moved fairly. I mean, we're already up to 11 minutes and 47 seconds. Right. And then, and the neat thing about this, too, is that the, 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 the plane goes awry, you know, gets basically destroyed at the end of the last episode. And we've got this whole episode going, well, what now? You know, and, and so he, Sutek finds out he's a Time Lord and, you know, now they're trying to free him a different way, which is kind of cool because normally it's like you got to wait. It's basically the end of the fourth episode where the bad guy's plan is, is you know, scuttled and everybody lives happily ever after. And there you can see the this, the guy, the, the stagehand. He's just standing. I live on Mars now. <laughs> Taking up residence here on Mars. <laughs> I'm Sutek's door guy. <laughs> the series of puzzles. The door guy. <laughs> I get the feeling there's somebody behind this wall. <laughs> Big red friendly button. <laughs> Where, where's the portal when you need it, Mike? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hello. Hello, door guy. <laughs> Well, that's what I need to find. That's what I need on the Internet Movie Database. What's the name of the guy behind the door? <laughs> and Cushion Dude. Well, hey, it's the... He's, the doctor still has a device with him. <laughs> the antenna. Didn't he fish for gumball jacks with that, too? <laughs> <laughs> it's a small fishing rod. Didn't we just go through that door? <laughs> Bit of deja vu. Uh, this idea of puzzles, uh, a little bit like... Um, the the five doctor story isn't it in a sense sort of the other one looks like licorice what licorice now yes see what happens with these small cast dramas as i run out of people to talk about and they go <laughs> silly for the last couple of episodes move the camera around i can't see the entire <laughs> One, two, three. Oh, where was I? One, <laughs> two, three. Oh, bugger! <laughs> right now, I mean, I mean, my right. So it's your left. This is great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those two are brilliant. Mm, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Petty. That actually suggested to Petty Russell. <laughs> And she said no, so they did it anyway. <laughs> well, of course the doctor does. Trivia, where was the city of the Exelons? Which which Doctor Who story was that? Death of the Daleks. Exactly, points. It means I'm... Ian gets those trivia next. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think I'll have Kobo do it. <laughs> Very well. Oh, roughly, roughly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the scarf is useful. Ah. Seven stitches. They use this idea. Oh, that was good. You didn't expect that. They did this idea in one of the Blake Seven stories as well, where they had to go through a series of puzzles. Yeah, um, it was uh, Villa and um, this uh, very nice blonde woman, I remember, and he kind of quite falls in love with her, and he had to get through all these doors or something. I'm probably completely wrong. I was on the back of a postcard. Where exactly are all of these cameras located? Uh, I don't know. They, Im they imprisoned the guy <laughs> with CCTV to watch. 
It's like, well, we're imprisoning you here for an eternity with only CCTV and nobody here. It's <laughs> your punishment. <laughs> Is that somebody? No, it's Shadow. Is that somebody? No, it's just Shadow. Is that somebody? No, it's Door Guy. <laughs> door Guy got caught in that trap again. <laughs> What's he writing Sherlock on that window for? That was. <laughs> Frankie says. We've, the mummy returned with a friend and they're both wearing gold this time that's where they went they went to find it's, the gold wrapping it's, it's the solid gold mummies uh, dancers I mean <laughs> no, you've been too flippant guys this is a good story all it our is. serious fans are getting annoyed with you now <laughs> careful oh this is a brilliant brilliant Perry would get this in an instant he's good at things like this Yeah, tells lies. <laughs> In other words, one always tells lies and the other tells the truth. Logic. Let me fight. Let me fight. fight. <laughs> Didn't explain that very well, did they? Ah. Uh-huh. Must have been something he ate. <laughs> Oh, not for long. <laughs> quite again, quite horrific. Well done. Right. Yeah. It's yet another one of those stories where everyone they meet dies. So far. Well, very simple idea, but it it, it works well. Nice, that. nice yeah. shot there. Mm. Oh. oh, right here when. When Sutek stands, yeah. watch the chair. So, something's afoot. No, that's not right. There are things at hand. Yes, hand. It's a cushion. Very handy response. Come on, this is good speech. It is. A vengeance starts now. <laughs> Wobbly TARDIS. And shadow in the window. <laughs> on your marks. <laughs> There's the hand. There it goes. <laughs> Must be Clara. Oh. <laughs> yes. <sighs> You'd think on the DVD they would have rubbed that out, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, because it's, it's that well known now. You can't take that yeah. out. So, you know, this is one of those stories where everyone doesn't live. Right. <laughs> Just this once. Philip Hinchcliffe was uh, not really... Um, that pleased with with you know the the, the true look of Sutik because it just didn't look like something real um, you know mm. still 
I think as a kid, it, it was still quite scary, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Yeah. At least me. Or just do the customers. Wailing and gnashing of teeth. Did she just say Sutek is dead or <laughs> Eldrad must live? <laughs> I get confused. Now, now, come on, Dave. Be serious. Oh, Commentary. It's catching it from you two. <laughs> Let's ask Perry if that math is correct. Yeah. No. Way to go, Doctor. <laughs> It's pudding line all over again. <laughs> Reference right here. <laughs> that, that, that year, Fifth Doctor Story, Visitation. That's when yes. that actually happens. Uh, never mind. They'll build a unit base here sometime in the future. <laughs> the Doctor is starting A lovely set the art director saying you burnt me set <laughs> Mick Jagger isn't happy <laughs> you burnt me house now that that yeah it looks a little bit like Rebecca where uh, the house is on fire with Mrs Danvers <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I'm wondering whether you stop footage of that <laughs> what's that with the house burning yeah. No, it was a model shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the interesting thing, another thing about the, the, the extra on the DVD um, with, you know, Sutek and his uh, um, hijinks is at the very end, he gets up off the chair and there's the hand and, it, you know, Sutek goes off at a shot and then comes back and goes, stop that. He's always doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great as a you know a good reference to that you know he just looks like everything he's always doing that. <laughs> so there we go. That's our our revisit of the revisit of of the revisit. Um, revisited, yes, revisited. Uh, it's I mean it's it's still a great story. Um, I think it's. Like I said earlier, I I particularly like the fact that it uh, differs from um, a lot of Doctor Who episodes where the the bad guy's plan is foiled. You know, yeah. It's, normally, you get the last episode. You know, ten minutes before the end or five minutes before the end, the the bad guy's plan is foiled. We get it foiled here. You know, at the end of episode three. And then the bad guy comes up with something else. It's kind of like, um, it reminds me a bit of Seeds of Doom. Yeah, Seeds of Doom. Where the first part of the adventure is, you know, takes place in, in, in the Antarctic. Or the Arctic? Um, Antarctic. Antarctic. And, uh, and then they destroy the, the guy who's becoming the criminoid. And, and you think that's it. But, you know, then we get, you know, the next part of it, which, you know, it's almost like a, a, a two-part, well, you know, like a classic, like a two-part story of, of the new series, you know, where, you know, you get a continuation of the, st I'm not making any sense. I'll have another drink of beer. But you know what I mean? It's 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 neat, neat to see these ones where it's not a big build-up to the, you know, the, the grand finale in episode four that we get this kind of... Um, false resolution at the end of two or three um, where we think, oh, wow, you know, 
with the Doctor's one, yay! But then you get you know, or even and... even in a, in a way, kind of kind of like Planet of Evil, where the first two episodes are based. It's based on the the, the on the planet, the the matter and antimatter universes. But the last two parts take or focus on the, the that one the main you know antagonist who we have the whole Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. So we right. sort of have two stories in one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it, it really kind of seems to be a, um, indicative of this era. Um, I kind of like it because you, as a kid, you think, oh, well, you know, it, it's done. We're good with the Doctor one. Oh, no, but the Doctor's been captured or whatever. And, you know, because um, especially in this, the cliffhanger in three works so well because the plan's been destroyed. Yeah, the, the, the rocket uh, and everything and the pyramid are gone. The doctor's with Sutek, who is basically imprisoned forever. And where do you go from there? There's no, you can't guess your way out of that. You can't say, well, you know, well, what have we got left to do next week? If the doctor gets out of it, then we're done in five minutes. Um, and if the doctor doesn't, he's, he's dead. Um, you know, what's to come? And of course, you know, Sutek finds out he's a time lord and figures, Oh, that's that's great. We can we can do the whole time and space thing and travel to Mars and blah 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 blah. blah. But uh, I think this is one of for me one of the most memorable episodes. I'm gonna say whether it's you know a classic or 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 excellent, it's just uh, wholly memorable for me. The mummies, uh, really quite stylized um, and and effective. I think uh, as being these kind of you know the faceless you know, minion bad guys um, without being blobby cellophane, you know, bubble wrap creatures. Um, you know, we get something that's, it's a mummy that it would have been so easy to just have, you know, mummies, but none of these robots and the, the big chest plate. It's, it's one of those images from Doctor Who that just, you know, stays with you. Um, yeah. Dave. Well, I liked it. I mean, we were a little bit flippant towards them, but it, it, it was good. As I said before, it's um, in those um, the top 200, it was rated seven, um, seventh high story. And um, I was looking at um, an old article on the Radio Times, well, old in terms of uh, from 2010 by uh, Patrick uh, Mulkern. And he says there that... Um, uh, like Sutek himself, Pyramids of Mars remains perfectly preserved as decades pass. In 1976, it was voted the best story of season 13 by the fledgling Doctor Who Appreciation Society. It's still high in the fan polls and has an unshakable appeal. Well, the chair was held steady, that's why. Uh, I know one <laughs> man... Uh, uh, I'll leave it to that. But yes, um, pity about that. I mean... The, the the acting of the, um, the the elder guard of people there absolutely totally uh, on focus serious um, it's, it is a quite adult story and themed Mike quite uh, well informed us earlier on about this whole season having this um, background of horror stories as the um, the sort of uh, guide and impetus for it uh, this is very very good indeed. Sarah Jane, absolutely marvellous. Um, the the close-ups, the intensity, um, the the way she conveys the sincerity of the role. She's always in the moment. Tom Baker's in fine form as well here. Not to say that he wasn't uh, for much of this season and beyond, but all in all, um, a great story. And it it it, it isn't a history lesson. But there's no doubt about it. You get a little bit of a flavour there of the, you know, the old BBC uh, adage uh, that um, you know it should entertain and inform. And uh, as I mentioned before, the, the, in '72 there'd been the, um, the treasures of Tutankhamun in in London and um, various other things. So I mean, uh, it is. Uh, so I mean. Uh, uh, what is it? The Egyptians and the pyramids—they're uh, a staple, aren't they, of childhood? You—you—you you, you always have a time when you—you you get mad on dinosaurs. Uh, you have a time when you're mad on Roman soldiers, uh, and then you have a time when you're mad on uh, pyramids and uh, 
uh, things like that. So it, it is absolutely right that uh, Doctor Who uh, did it. Of course, we uh, the first Doctor visited um, uh, Roman times as well. But so we've uh, it's it's been this time period. Well, not this time period because this is in the um, the turn of the the century, isn't it? But I mean, uh, the actual um, the whole idea of um, you know the Egyptians uh, and their they're sort of trying to survive beyond their times, it were. So I loved it. There's some great references in it and uh, a very grown-up Doctor Who story, I think. Yeah. Mike. Well, as I as I was saying last time, you know, when when the BBC was choosing an epi- a story to show for the fourth Doctor revisited, you know, there was a lot to choose. There was the obvious choice of Genesis of the Daleks for the fourth Doctor story, which is a great story, but uh, you know, that's one of the more popular ones. So, you know, what else to go for? Well, Pyramids of Mars is what they chose, and it was a, it was a fun story. It's it's it, it is one of my one of my favorite. Uh, Tom Baker era stories. It was, it's it's nicely paced. There, there's a lot of different elements to the story. We have, uh, as Ian was mentioning, we have the the plot that goes through the first three episodes, and then that's that's resolved in its own sort of way when the Doctor breaks Sutek's concentration and the, the the explosive goes off. So then we're left with what do we do on the final episode? Well, we have this series of puzzles, which was a nice take. I'm quite quite a fan of puzzles myself. Uh, so it was fun seeing all those puzzles dealt with. Uh, we had the, the the knight and the knave puzzle there. Uh, the one tells truth, one tells lies, and uh, just all those various puzzles. Just a lot of interesting, you know, characters and character interactions that we had. And as I was mentioning, this is an, another one of those stories, like uh, something like uh, the horror of Fang Rock, where by the end of the story, everyone is dead except for the Doctor and his companion. Happened here, happened here once more. It's everybody died just this once, uh, to to paraphrase to. Uh, yeah, it's switch. got the body count. Got the body count of a Die Hard movie, hasn't it? Yeah, every, almost everyone dies. Uh, but yeah, it, and it had a lot of you know, it just had a lot of great on location filming. Just you know, outside in the forest, as the Doctor and Sarah Jane were. were we're finding the the doorway of the of the, the force field, a lot of, and just, just all the on set location, the, the the use of the exterior of the of the of, of that of that manor, which it's, it's funny that uh, Mick Jagger owned that, as we mentioned, he owned that at the time. Uh, he wasn't, of course, he he stayed away for filming, of course, but uh, yeah, and just an interesting coincidence there with the previous owner was the the guy who led the expedition to discover uh, Tutankhamun's tomb. Over in Egypt, so nice coincidence there. But overall, this was a this was a fun story, nicely paced, a lot of nice acting, a lot of great acting with a with from Liz Sladen, Tom Baker, and the rest of the cast. It was and um just the 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 the, the voice acting, which is basically what we got from uh, uh you know the actor there who played Sutek was very well done, very very well done. Lots of nice effects here and there when Marcus first arrived, and we had the the smoke effects going on nicely done but overall yeah an enjoyable story and good choice for uh the fourth doctor revisited yeah excellent all right well that wraps it up for our revisit to the fourth doctor of course um we'll be revisiting the fifth doctor very very shortly what was the the, the fifth doctor revisited i can't remember now earth <laughs> shock earth shock that's right and you a big big adric fan <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, I, I don't know what the big bad is in our shock because it doesn't say in the title. <laughs> I wonder if there's ever been a podcast that derived its name from that story. Mm, probably mm, not. I doubt it. I think anybody's inventive enough. <laughs> no, no. I mean, what could you do? Um, cast, cast? Ca- cast shock, um, talk yeah. shock. Shock um, pod, I don't know. Shock the pod. <laughs> pod. Pod. Pod the shock, yeah. And yeah. Uh, no, it's, it'd never work. Never work. <laughs> You'd never see me and Ian on a show like that. No, no, never. <laughs> Jeez. You'd never hear Dave with really bad audio. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be called crash, crashing into Earth on a sh- show like that. <laughs> All right, uh, everybody. Golden moment, golden moment. <laughs> All right, everybody. We shall catch you on the next interesting episode. 
of the Cult of Collective Commentaries as we revisit Doctor Who. Of course, well ahead of, of BBC America's revisits, if you're a time traveller. Uh, <laughs> so, until next time, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. It's goodbye from Dave AC. And it's goodbye on the Pundum podcast from here in the Sixth Doctor. <laughs> You're all being punished. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>